Welcome, Willow Park Church. What a delight it is. It's Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. And I want to wish you all a very happy Christmas. Or as we like to say, Merry Christmas. It's wonderful for us to be together and to be celebrating as you're sat at home, uh, perhaps with some family, a odd friend, I don't know. But I want to celebrate Christmas and declare that Christ is the saviour of the world. Let me read you some amazing words from uh, the prophet Isaiah that says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. And as we have celebrated Advent and as we have thought about the wonder of Christ coming to the world. On this Christmas Eve, we want to take a moment to give thanks to God and to remember lighting the final candle of Christmas. To remember that Christ came to bring us hope, to bring us joy, to bring us peace, to come into this world that we may have that Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that we are able on this Christmas Eve to celebrate the goodness of God and to remember the greatest of gifts, to remember Jesus Christ, who came into this world, born of a virgin, to offer his life for us, to show us the light that shines in the darkness, who came to bring us back to God. What a blessing. And thank you on this Christmas Eve for all those that have joined us. And I pray for each of their families and their lives that you will bless them, that you will encourage them and that you will be with them. And for those who may feel particularly lonely this evening, I pray that there may be the full comfort of God, that you will fill their homes with your presence and that you will bless them. Thank you. Thank you for the child that was born. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. Amen. There's something so special about praying at Christmas. There's something special about celebrating the story and understanding. And we thought, as this is a very unique Christmas Eve, we thought that we would start this service off with a lovely humorous sketch that comes all the way from England. Our good friend David Robinson has prepared a sketch for us and I hope it gives you a smile this evening. So here it is. Hello, no room at the Holiday Inn, Bethlehem Branch. Wayne speaking. How may I help you? Oh yes, we're... Yeah, yes, that's right. Yes, we're very much looking forward to welcoming you, yes. Yeah, three single rooms for two nights. 
Yes, superior rooms, that's right. Yes, indeed. All the beds are king-size, yes. Yes, all the rooms have safes for your valuables, sir, yes. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow night, sir, then, yes? Oh, what time shall we uh, expect you? Seven o'clock, right. Oh, I, I, I see you've booked in advance for the evening meal, sir. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're very busy tomorrow, so that was a good idea, yeah. Yes, well done, yeah. Uh, yes, you are indeed a wise man, yes. All right, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow night, sir. Yes, look forward to it. Good night, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Keep your moment, sir. Uh, good evening, sir. Welcome to the new room of the Holiday Inn. I'm Wayne. How can I help you? Uh, room for the night. Uh, name of Joseph. I rang earlier. I believe I got your last room available. Oh, just a moment. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> the standard basic room, I see. Well, at least it's not raining. Um, just yourself, is it, sir? No, there's, there's two of us. Uh, my wife's just looking after the donkey. I see. And what name, please? Mary. And a lovely name for a donkey it is. <laughs> and your wife? No, she's called Mary. The donkey's called Little. Ah, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> well, as I say, I am afraid it is the standard basic room, so I hope you don't mind making your own beds. <laughs> no, uh, that's fine. Uh, good. You'll find some wood, a hammer and some nails in the corner. <laughs> Little joke there. No, no. Oh, oh, we do have our money-back guarantee here at the No Room of the Holiday Inn, so if you do find the other animals keeping you awake in the night, do let me know. I'm on duty all evening. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'll get your key. Uh, are they going to be all right out there? Oh, yes. I, I, I must go and get the rest of the luggage. Um, she's heavily pregnant, you see. Oh, how lovely. Well, the vet just lives up the road, very friendly, so any complications in the night, just let me know. No, Mary, not the donkey. <laughs> right. So I'm guessing you're here for the registration of births, are you, and for the census? Yeah, that's right. Right. Well, the register office is in the next street, literally a two-minute trot away. Oh, that's good. I just need to take one or two more details, if you don't mind. It's the local government, you know what they like. They insist on it, you know, with, with the current situation being as it is. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. How can I help? Well, now, let me see. What have I got here? Your full name is... Joseph Carpenter. Joseph Carpenter. Lovely, yes, I see. And your wife is... Mary. Mary Carpenter? <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. You're the Carpenters. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? The Carpenters. We've got the Carpenters staying with us. <laughs> I bet you're feeling on top of the world. Have you quite finished, sir? We've only just begun. <laughs> Carpenters. So we have Joseph Carpenter. Let me see. And I'll just put this in. And Mary Carpenter. Davidson. Her name is uh, Mary Davidson. She's keeping her single name, is she? How very modern she is. Well, she is still single. Oh, I see. How very contrary for Mary. We are betrothed. Yes, sir, and we're discreet. <laughs> now, any ideas on the baby's name as yet? A uh, boy? Girl? It's a boy. He's to be called Jesus. And, um, <clears throat> he is your son, is he, sir? Well, he's everyone's. Well, that's very generous of you, sir, I must say. Uh, and the surname he will take is... King of Kings. 
king of kings. Oh, double-barreled. He's sure to make an impression on the world with a name like that now, isn't he? Oh, double-barreled king of kings. I'll have to keep an eye out for this lad, won't I? <laughs> Let me fetch your keys. We prepared ourselves for the impossible. Mary, my wife-to-be, my son and me, the carpenters, together. We settled down for the night, best we could. And then I heard it. I heard God whisper to me, humble servants, I'm close to you. I'm close to you. Closer than you'll ever know. Now, get some sleep. Wasn't it great? Great to see our good friend David Robinson uh, making us smile and always bringing it to a point of powerful, poignant moment. We're going to enter now a time of worship and we're going to celebrate Christmas as the band leads us in some carols to, to celebrate all that Christ has done.
So good to hear those carols being sung and to celebrate Christmas in that way. We've got a special moment coming up right now. And the children's department have been so busy. They've been busy throughout this whole COVID period, supporting our families, creating those lovely boxes. I think now we're up to close to 150 of those boxes go out to families. 
But one thing they wanted to do, because often on Christmas Eve we have a children's story. The children come and they sit on the stage. Of course we can't do that. But we did ask some of our children from our families to come in to the church and to tell us right now the Christmas story. So watch this. It is the cutest thing and I know you're going to enjoy it. So did mom and dad tell you why you're here today? Yeah, to talk about God and Jesus. One day Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel sent from God. And then he journeyed to find a home. A long trip. To Bethlehem. They rode there on a donkey. A donkey. A donkey. But all the inns and all the places were full, and the only place they could stay was a stable. Then they need to find a place to both him out. Mary and Joseph knocked on every single door, but no, every room was filled. And then they found, and then one man was kind, and they said that they could live in the stable. So she had her baby there. Horses, sheep, lambs, donkeys, all those kinds of sheep, lambs, horses, donkeys, and animals. Donkeys, sheep, too. All, all the people had to follow the star. And then a big star appeared in the sky, and all the shepherds saw it, and they took their sheep and they went to, and they followed the star. And, and it led them to baby Jesus. And the three Angel. wise men also saw the star and it led them to baby Jesus. And they followed it through really some good parts and not so good parts and the really bad parts. They saw the baby and they gave the baby frankincense, myrrh, and one gave gold um, to Jesus. There was a new baby named baby Jesus. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good job, guys.
Bethlehem and see in whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn. One thing I know about Willow Park Church is that we have not been in maintenance mode at all. You can't accuse us of not being active. As we've faced the challenges of closed church, we've tried to engage in our community, reach out. One of the brilliant ways we've done that, of course, is through uh, the stocking appeal. That Pastor Jordan led and championed and did such a wonderful job with. And so we've got a thank you video now that just uh, celebrates and shows you where those stockings that you made ended up. It's beautiful, fantastic. Followed by our good friend David Robinson, who wrote a sketch about stockings, which I know you'll enjoy. But we want to gain Say thank you. Thank you for your devotion and for your generosity. Hello, Willow Park Church. I am here surrounded by these wonderful Christmas stockings. Can you believe it? It was about a month ago that we asked you to make these stockings. And you went, you took the patterns, you got to work, and then suddenly hundreds of Christmas stockings arrived at the church. They arrived at South, they arrived at Lake Country. And with our church working together, you then came and picked them up. And you took them and you filled them so wonderfully. Look at these most amazing stockings with gloves and, and gifts and hats and little treats. And it's amazing and chocolates. And this is what you produced. Literally hundreds of these Christmas stockings. So we have now come to the end. Today, right now, they're going to be delivered to all those different agencies. You've been on mission. You've been reaching out. You've been giving. You've decided to serve Jesus in this way in the community. And I know that God will bless you. And we have a very special uh, drama sketch for Christmas Eve online that will capture the heart of why Christmas stockings. But first of all, 
thank you. Today, the stockings leave the church for the community. I came running down the stairs at breakneck speed and pushed open the door of the front room and there it was, the Christmas tree, lights twinkling warmly and round the fireplace as well. It was still dark outside, it was probably only five o'clock in the morning, Christmas morning. Presents were tumbling off the armchair onto the carpet in front of the fire. My Christmas stocking was hanging at the side of the fireplace, presents peeping out. I shall never forget that morning. Mind you, it was only last year and I'm 58 now. You, you would have thought I would have got used to the excitement of Christmas, but I haven't. My excitement for Christmas never wanes. I mean, the presents in the stocking, not quite as generous these days. Maybe a satsuma and a few peanuts if I'm lucky. I've been looking into the origins of the Christmas stocking. Tradition says it dates back to St. Nicholas and to the generosity of others. Back then, those in the town who had very little, struggling, or had a bad year, would wait. They would wait. They'd pin their empty socks and stockings outside their house and would wait. They would wait and they would benefit from the generosity of others, of the Christian saints who would fill their socks and stockings to overflowing and beyond. We need Christmas this year more than ever, I think. We need the friendship, the love, the peace, the generosity of others. We need to look out for those with empty socks and stockings. It's up to us to fill them for them. It's up to us to bring them the excitement of the Christmas morning, which is not long way off now. So happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us this Christmas Eve. I know that there's lots of services, lots of things going on, so we appreciate that you've joined us today. Welcome, Lake Country. We miss you. We wish that we could be meeting together, but we're thankful that we have this way to be able to connect a little bit with you this Christmas season. So naturally, it's Christmas Eve, so we are going to talk about the birth of Jesus. So in Luke 2, verses 1 to 7, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quintarius was the governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So I'm going to quickly talk about three different groups of people within the Christmas story, and they all encountered the light. So the first we're going to look at is the shepherds. In Luke 2, verses 10 to 12, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. So the shepherds were just in their field, in the field, looking after their sheep. And in the Old Testament, we see many of the great mighty men of God were shepherds. And they are look, it was a noble thing. It wasn't something that was looked down upon. But as time went on, and the Palestinians and the Egyptians, within the social ladder, the shepherds weren't very high up. They were pretty low down on that ladder. Shepherds were actually labeled as sinners. So in verse 9, it says, The glory of the Lord shone around them. So here are these sinners sitting in the fields, and an angel appears to them, letting them know that the Savior has been born. And where do they find him? In a manger. The Savior of the world has come down, and it's somewhere that they can connect to. It's somewhere that they feel like they get it. That this human, this, the Savior of the world has come down, and they can relate to him. In verse 10, it says, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. They'll be for all people. The first people that met Jesus were shepherds. And the Lord is our great shepherd. I couldn't help but feel like Jesus was redeeming something right from the get-go, right as an infant. Something that was noble, profession that was noble, that was honoring. Other people had labeled it as something that it wasn't anymore. And Jesus comes right away, and the first people he comes that get to meet him and see him are shepherds. The shepherds weren't out searching. They weren't looking for the Savior, but the Savior was actively pursuing them. When the angel came, they were faced with a choice. Either we go, and we need to see what's going on, or they could have just ignored it. That option was there, but they couldn't. It said that they went in haste. There was this excitement, this urgency that they needed to go and see what was going on. So there they go, and they enter a stable, something they're familiar with. And Jesus is laying in hay, something that they're familiar with, and likely surrounded by animals. The Savior that's for all people first was revealed to sinners. The shepherds then can't help but go and be the first evangelist, telling people of what they've seen. The next couple people I don't feel like are talked about very much, but have a very important role as well. So Jesus is taken to the temple, and he's going in for the purification according to the law of Moses. And here we're introduced to Simeon and Anna. Simeon is described as a righteous and devout, that he's been filled with the Holy Spirit, and it was upon him. He wasn't having an ordinary day that was interrupted by an extraordinary event. But he didn't miss it. Because he was waiting on a promise. Simeon was promised by God that Simeon would not die until he saw the Lord's Christ. And so he's in the temple and this family come in with this little child. Simeon scoops up this little baby in his arms. And he knows that all the years of waiting is being fulfilled in this moment. He's faithfully served the Lord. He has all these hopes, all these dreams, the consolation of Israel. All the promises of God are being held in his very arms at that moment. In Luke 2, verses 30 to 32, it says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, 
that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of the people Israel. Anna walks in. She's been a widow, and she's been in the temple, and she says that she spent her days praying and fasting. And so she comes in, and she instantly starts speaking of this, this baby who's going to bring the redemption to Israel. And lastly is the wise men. The wise men arrive in Jerusalem, and they head to see Herod the king. They come because they have followed a star. In Matthew 2, 2, it says, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star, and when it rose, and we have come to worship him. The magi, the wise men, were, were watching, and there was literally a sign in the sky. Sometimes you say, oh, it would be nice if God would just write it in the sky, but for them he did, he put it in the sky. That symbol, that sign in the sky, but they were looking. They had been watching. So they head and they follow it. And it, it doesn't say a star, it says his star. They followed his star. When they see it, they're moved to action, they're moved to do something. They were led by a light to the source of that light. I feel like the likelihood is that we can relate with one of these groups of people right now. Are you simply living your life like the shepherds? Feeling unworthy, looked over? Perhaps you're living under the title of what other people have given you, even though it's not accurate? Well, Jesus, the light and the hope of the world, chooses you. Perhaps you're more like the Magi, and you've been searching for a hope. You felt that there's something more, somebody more. And the star has revealed this baby, this man, Jesus, to you today. Or perhaps you can associate more with Simeon and Anna. You have faithfully served the Lord, and you feel like God has given you promises that you've yet to see come to fulfillment. Don't give up. Continue to faithfully serve and believe. Even in a temple full of religious people, a lot of them missed it because it didn't appear the way that they thought. The answer didn't show up in the way they were expecting. But Simeon didn't miss it. Anna didn't miss it. My prayer is that we live in a posture like Simeon and Anna's, where they are full of prayer and fasting. But more importantly, they had hearts of hopeful expectation that, that something was coming, that the Savior was coming, the redemption was coming. Jesus' birth broke through every barrier, multi-generational, multicultural, multi-economical. He is for all people, Christ the Lord. The birth of Jesus brought joy into the world. It didn't mean that there wasn't pain and suffering and hurt. That doesn't just go away, but we can have a, a hope and a joy in the midst of it, knowing that Jesus paid it all, that, that it's all in him, fulfillment is all in him, and that when we walk in that joy, that a hope should flow out of us, that something should flow out of us, and that we should be the lights of Jesus to those around us. Jeremy is going to come and do the second half. Again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with us this Christmas. Thank you. <clears throat> As we hear about these characters in the story of Christ's birth, you know, there's this constant mention of light. 
uh, the shepherds, right? The angel came and appeared to them. The, the shepherd, or the angels just permeate light. The magi, you know, they see the star in the sky and that's just light. And then Simeon and Anna, they see this baby and they know he is the light. Up to this year, our family, we really haven't put any effort into decorating our house. We've had this one string of icicle lights that's been with us for the last four years and that we put up in our, on our house. And in this year, it, it barely goes like the length. Actually, it doesn't even go the length of our front of our deck. It goes like two quarters of it or two thirds of it. And it looks really bad, really sappy, but we feel like we're contributing. This year, we went to Candy Cane Lane, and Evie was just enamored with the lights. And so we got home, and she just asked, Dad, can you put lights up on our house? And then Kim would send me videos of Evie asking me if we can put lights on our house, and there's nothing I could do. It was literally a puddle at her feet, and I was like, of course I can put lights up on the house. So I go to Costco, buy all the lights that are there, and I'm the reason why there's a light shortage in Kelowna. Just kidding, I'm not. But And I put up lights on our house, and they're just bright and shining, and it's beautiful. This year in the pandemic, lights have been flying off the shelf. People have been saying, you know what, we want to decorate our house because it's something for the families to do. But they said there's something about light that just makes people excited. One of the first indications of the Christmas season, right, is the appearance of lights. Lights on Christmas trees, candles in windows, radiance every, everywhere. Things are glittering and shining. The lights of New York, right? They're just so bright when they light up the tree and places are being lit and you see the, the massive buildings have green and red lights on them. This is appropriate because December 25th follows the darkest time of the year in the Mediterranean world in Europe where Christmas celebrations, they took shape. But lights, they're not just decorative. They're very, very symbolic. Christmas contains many spiritual truths. But it'd be hard to grasp all the other truths unless we grasp, grasp this one first. That is that the world is a dark place. And we will never find our way or see reality unless Jesus is our light. Matthew, quoting the prophecy of Isaiah 9, 1-12, he tells us this. He says, The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. That is, in Matthew 4, 6, 4, 16. Then John, he goes to say this about Jesus. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The light has come. It is here. It is shining. Encouraging us to come to it. And that's Jesus. So how is our world dark? What, what's so dark about this place? In the Bible... The word darkness refers to both evil and ignorance. So it means first that the world is filled with evil and untold suffering. And let's look at what was happening at the time of Jesus' birth. There was violence, injustice, abuse of power, homelessness, refugees fleeing oppression. There was families ripped apart and there was bottomless grief. And we hear this and we're saying that was back in Jesus' day. That sounds like us today and it very much is. But the only thing that can help dispel the darkness is light. The other way our world is dark or is in the dark is that no one knows enough to cure the evil and suffering in it. Isaiah, and it says that 9 verses 2, it says, The people walking in darkness, they have seen a great light. This is our famous Christmas text, Christmas verse that we use, one of the prophecies of Jesus' birth. But in the end of Isaiah 8, actually, 
It explains why we needed this light to come from God. And it says, distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. They will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. So people are looking towards the earth and the answer is not found in the world. No human resources can fix what has been happening, what has happened in the world. They're looking to experts. They're looking to the mystics. They're looking to the scholars. They're looking for solutions everywhere that they can. They're roaming aimlessly, trying to find solutions. Yes, they say that we are in darkness, but we can overcome it ourselves is what they're thinking as they're roaming. People make the same claim today. Some look more to the state. Some look more to the markets. Some look, and I feel like a lot of people look towards technology. But there is this light that's not from here that is shining, that is the cure for all darkness. Former Czech Republic president, Vaclav Havel, he had this unique perspective. He had seen what had happened through the Holocaust. And then, as being the president, he was there for the governance He had this view of capitalism and socialism. And he said, said, none of those things can do it, can cut it. He went on to say this, The pursuit of the good life will not help humanity save itself, nor is democracy alone enough. This is from our president. It confirms what we saw in Isaiah 8, that if if we look only to the earth and human resources, the darkness, it only gets worse. But then he went on to say this, a turning to and seeking of God is needed. The human race constantly forgets, he added, that he is not God. Havel was saying things are really this bad and we can't help ourselves. We actually can't save ourselves. Things really are this dark. It's a dark world. But, but nevertheless, there is a hope shining down. See, the Christmas message is that on those living in the land of deep darkness, for us living in this land, a light has dawned. Notice that it doesn't say from the world, like a light has sprung up. It hasn't sprung up from the ground or anything like that. But upon us, a light has dawned. It has come from the outside. There is light outside of this world. And Jesus has brought that light to save us because he indeed is the light that we all need. The light has come to shine into your life and bring you the hope you are looking for, just as it did for the shepherds, just as it did for the magi, just as it did for Simeon and Anna. It is here to save. The light has now dawned upon them, and it's reaching out to us. Jesus, he is the divine light of the world because he brings a new life to replace our spiritual deadness because he knows and shows us the truth. And because he is the beauty that breaks our addictions to money, sex, and power. He is that wonderful counselor, and he walks with us even through the shadow of death. He actually walks through us with this life that there is darkness and death. He walks with us. He is the light for us when all their lights go out. He has come to be the light in the darkest places of our life. Jesus is the light that will triumph over your darkness. He is shining. He is here. The birth has come. And the beauty is now that as 
we go to the light. As we accept Christ now, we become light bearers and lead others to the light. And so in the midst of this dark world, in the midst of the darkness even that we're experiencing right now, we can shine bright for Christ and lead others to that light that they're all looking for. This is the message of Christmas. Lake Country, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Our family is going to come up here and we just want to say Merry Christmas to you. As you go tomorrow and open presents with your home, within your homes, with your loved ones, we pray that it's a joyous time. Thank you for joining. We've got all of the wonderful kids here. Ready, guys? On three. One, two, three. Merry Christmas. Merry One, Christmas. two, three. Merry Christmas. Oh, good night. <laughs> Merry Christmas from the crows to your home. So to